Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt lost, searching for answers, waiting for a sign, staring into the sun, completely stuck in a situation with no way out in sight? I know I have. I know how it feels to be stuck, and I know you do too. Well, hello, Crossroads. My name is Lance. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to share with you today as we continue in our When Life Hits series, discussing when you're stuck in life. And no, I'm not talking about being like anecdotally stuck, like stuck in traffic on 880 or something like that. Uh, And I'm not talking about being physically stuck, like with your leg caught in a bear trap or something like that. Uh, But if you are physically stuck in an urgent way, like the bear trap or like you're in quicksand or something like right now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to stop listening to this message. Uh, Dial 911 because what I have to say is probably not the most important thing for you to hear right now. Okay, because that is not the kind of stuck I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is being stuck, like unshakably stuck in your own life, right? And there are many different ways that can happen. Maybe you're stuck relationally. You're trapped in a marriage where you promised for better or for worse, but mostly it's just been worse. You may be stuck in a cycle of codependence, struggling to navigate unhealthy friendships, or maybe you're grappling with overwhelming loneliness and isolation. Perhaps you're stuck vocationally. You're toiling away at a dead-end job that you don't enjoy, doing unfulfilling work for an organization that doesn't value or appreciate you. Maybe you're stuck financially. Pastor Dwayne talked to us a couple weeks ago about when we're broke, and maybe that's you today, uh, drowning in a sea of debt, constantly making the wrong financial choice, barely scraping by from month to month, And if that's you, and you didn't hear Pastor Dwayne's message a couple weeks ago, please make sure you go online and listen to it. There's some great tips and some helpful advice in there for you. Sometimes we get stuck mentally or creatively, unable to come up with even the next word for a project, uh, facing a dry desert of creative drought, thoroughly empty and uninspired. Or maybe today you're stuck emotionally. You're locked alone in a proverbial cage with pain, regret, shame, guilt, fear, grief, anger, vengeance, or apathy. And try as you might, you just can't seem to open the door to get away from it. And I made light of it before, but you could be stuck physically. Maybe you're battling an illness or an ailment that impairs what you're able to do. You may be reeling from the news that you're not able to have kids. You're battling for control of your own life from the death grip of a powerful addiction. Sometimes we even get stuck spiritually. Maybe you pray and there's just nothing there. You haven't felt a connection to God in a long time. You feel silence and isolation and spiritual stagnation. Or maybe you've never had a connection to God and you have no idea what that looks like or where to even stuck where to start, and you're stuck. Maybe things even look okay on the outside, and people around you wouldn't even know that you're stuck. But deep down inside, you know in your soul that you are not free, that you are stuck. What do you do when you feel stuck, friends? Well, I want to encourage you that God is not silent about this. If you are here 
and you're feeling stuck in some way, you need to know that there is hope for you today. We're going to turn to God's word, the Bible, and we're going to see what it can tell us and how, about how to respond when life hits and we feel stuck. Uh, there's an outline in your program. If you haven't pulled that out, I encourage you to do that. You can use it to follow along with the message. There's a place for you to take notes there if that's helpful for you. Uh, and right at the top of your outline, you'll notice that there's a list uh, there of some different examples of people from the Bible who were stuck in different ways and for different reasons. And I want to encourage you this week to read through some of their stories in the Bible. Maybe there's one that connects with you. Uh, and the scripture references are printed there on the outline. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, in fact, shameless plug, uh, did you know that you can read the Bible for free within the Crossroads Church mobile app? That is true. Well, you can uh, just search Visit Crossroads on your mobile device's app store, uh, download the app, and right on the homepage there's a tab that says Bible. Click on that and you'll be reading the Bible just like that for free. You can also get the weekly message outlines in there too. Just saying. Okay, shame, pl plug over. All right. If you look at that list on your outline... You'll notice the last one on there is the Apostle Paul, okay? And how was Paul stuck? He was in prison several times, actually. Uh, one particularly long stint uh, in the slammer was in Rome. I mean, you want to talk about being stuck. Paul was literally locked in chains on his hands and feet, tethered to Roman guards. And his only crime was preaching the gospel of Christ, but from the dank depths of that Roman jail cell, Paul discovered an important principle. When life is standing still, God is still moving. When it feels like you are stuck and nothing's happening and you're not going anywhere, God is still at work in your life. I know how it feels to be stuck. There have been times when I've gotten news that froze me spiritually, that made time seem to stand still. Some of us here today might be dealing with the news that, that has taken your breath away. You may be dealing with a long-term problem or situation that just makes you feel stuck. But friends, when your life is standing still, God is still moving. And though life may have hit and knocked you down, you do not have to be down for the count. You do not have to be down and out. I want to talk to you today and offer you some help so that when we're stuck, we have some tools we can use to get back up. The first thing we've got to do to get unstuck is we've got to look up. Look up. When we are stuck... When you're in an impossible situation, nothing is more important than staying focused on God. Because let's be honest, the problem, the thing you're dealing with, that addiction, that pain, that hurt, the trial, the relationship, that thing that has you stuck, it's big. It's gigantic. It's so big that often we can't see any way around it with our own eyes. It's overwhelming and all-encompassing. And when that's all you can see, the situation looks pretty hopeless. But when we start to look up, when we shift our perspective into God and put God into our view, suddenly our outlook starts to change. 
we begin to realize that whatever problem we might be facing, however we might be stuck in our life, however big the challenge might be, our God is bigger. In his letter to the church in Colossus, the Apostle Paul reminds them and us to look up. Let's look at it together in Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. It's abbreviated on your outline, but it's in full on the screen. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. If we spend all of our time and energy focusing on only the things we see directly in front of us, we're going to end up miserable, exhausted, and hopelessly depressed. The world around us can seem very bleak sometimes, can't it? It feels like every time I turn my head, there's a new problem, another conflict, a new issue that someone is up in arms about. It's never ending. But friends, that's not the whole picture. There's more to the story. Because even when we're stuck and nothing seems to be going right, even when life is standing still, God is still moving. He's working. We just have to adjust our gaze, shift our perspective, so we can be open to seeing it. How do we do that? Well, there are several ways. We read his word, the Bible. We come to church to learn more about him and to be in community with other people. Well done, you. And we talk to him in prayer, right? One of the most helpful things we can do when we're feeling stuck is to stop and pray, to ask God to guide us, to ask for his direction, pray that he would open a door for us. I think that what happens sometimes, at least for me, is that when I get stuck in life, I forget to pray. I spin my own wheels, I rack my brain, I thrash about trying to get unstuck from whatever situation it is on my own, and it rarely ever solves anything. In fact, it usually makes things worse for me. That is where I am a champion in life, is making things worse, okay? But something happens when I start praying about what's going on in my life. Things start to become clearer. I become aware of things I wasn't thinking about or didn't see before. New options begin to appear. My perspective shifts because God is now part of the picture. And this is so perfectly detailed by the Apostle Paul again, this time in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8. Check it out. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds all things we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Pray about everything. Focus on God and the things of heaven. Remember what is good in in your life and be grateful for it. Look up. Shift your focus to God and your perspective on the entire situation will begin to change. Another way to get up when you're stuck is you've got to show up. You've got to show up. 
And here's what I mean by that. I've seen this happen many times in myself and in others. Uh, When things get really tough, the situation is really sticky and we're having a hard time, we check out, right? Like we're just not really present in that situation anymore. It's almost as if we ignore it. Like if we don't pay attention to it, maybe it'll just go away. If you're feeling stuck today, I wonder what part of yourself might you be ignoring? What have you buried? What have you brushed aside? What are you refusing to deal with? That thing that's too hard to talk about or think about. That complicated issue you're trying to avoid. That pain of the past that you don't want to address. The unresolved relational conflict that's festering away in your heart. That shame or guilt or regret or anger or hurt or bitterness or resentment or whatever it is. That thing that is lingering unspoken in your heart and locked away inside of you. Could it be that that's the thing that's causing you to be stuck? Friends, what if you decided to dig? What would happen if you chose to show up and find the part of yourself you don't want to look at? You may not even be aware of exactly what that is yet. Or maybe you've been avoiding it for so long you barely even remember it, but it's there. And it's dragging you down and it's holding you stuck in place. I want to challenge you today to find it, to do the hard work, do the deep digging, dive in and explore the parts of you that scare you or that even hurt to acknowledge that they're there. I'm going to make you a couple promises. It won't be easy. It won't be short. And it won't be fun. It's a journey. And the beginning of that journey is the hardest part. But friends, I got to tell you, it's a journey worth taking. And it's the only one that leads to being truly unstuck from whatever it is that's holding you in place. I've started this journey in myself recently. There's an issue from my past that I haven't dealt with well. And I've kind of been brushing it aside and ignoring it. And with the help of good Christian counseling, I'm starting to deal with this issue. And I've got to tell you, it's hard. There's parts of this process that have wrecked me. There have been times when I've left my counseling sessions in tears and I haven't even known what to say. But I'm starting to come to the other side of this. It's been years. And I'm realizing that I'm never going to move forward unless I deal with what's holding me in place today. Friends, when we feel stuck, sometimes we just stop showing up and being present in our own lives. And friends, I want to challenge you today not to quit. Don't give up. Don't settle. Don't get comfortable in the stuck place. I know that whatever situation you're stuck in right now, it seems daunting and you can't see any way out of it. But this is not the end of your story. There is something so much more than whatever you're stuck in right now. Let's be encouraged together.
as we read the words of 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, on the screen and in your notes. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we may be wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Friends, life hits. We get knocked down. But when we look up, God will renew our hearts so that we can continue to show up. For our light and momentary troubles, they do not seem light and momentary sometimes, do they? They seem like they're going to last forever. But friends, i got to tell you, in light of eternity, they are momentary. These problems are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. By the grace of God, when we turn to him, even when our situation is bleak and it feels like we are wasting away, he will renew us day by day so that we can show up in our own lives. Because God is using these troubles. He's using whatever you're stuck in right now for his glory. And we may not see how right now. You may not see how for a very long time. You may spend a lifetime waiting to figure out how God is using these situations for his glory. But if we do what this verse tells us, if we do not lose heart, if we fix our eyes on what is eternal, then our time waiting will not be time wasted. Because God is working even when life feels like it's standing still. Have you considered this? Your struggle, the problem that you're dealing with, the thing that's got you stuck right now, might be the thing that ultimately gives you access to what God has next for you. Could God be using this time while you're waiting for the answer, for the right person, for the right job, for your body to heal, for the check to clear, for the resolution to the conflict, while you're waiting, could God be using that time to be putting you in the position to take the next step in your life? Today's struggle, today's problem might just be the key to unlocking tomorrow's door. Years ago, when my time at my last church, uh, when my time at, on staff there ended, I looked fervently for weeks for work uh, and eventually got a temporary job, and I hated it. It was miserable. I was miserable. Uh, I was making decent money, doing nothing, but slowly watching the time tick away, and each day I thought, my God, this can't be it. This cannot be what you had for me, Lord. I am stuck. I need this job to take care of my family and pay my bills, but I'm miserable. This can't be your plan, can it? And there were two things wrong with how I was approaching that situation. First of all, I wasn't looking at it from God's perspective. How can I, right? I'm not God. Not last I checked. Uh, I couldn't possibly see what he had in store for me. But also, I wasn't trusting him in that moment either right? Like I was full of doubt and confusion and sadness and anger, and I couldn't possibly see how the moment that I was in could lead to anything. I couldn't see how it was going to move me forward in any way. And I guess it's a good thing that I'm not in charge because God did see it and he did use it because here I am. And secondly, I had the wrong attitude about it. 
rather than being grateful for his provision, I was indignant and incredulous that he put me where he did. Rather than focusing on how God was making sure my family and I had everything we needed to survive, I was focusing on my own level of job satisfaction, however important that is. And honestly, if I'd approached the whole thing with a slightly better attitude, I might have found that I'd been happier in the role. Because if the Apostle Paul could learn to be content and to find joy from a Roman jail cell, there's no reason that I can't do the same while sitting in a cushy chair at a nice desk in an air-conditioned office. I mean, it may have felt like I was chained to the desk, but if Paul could do it from jail. Look what he says in Philippians 4, 12 and 13. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We've heard this verse before, Corinthians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Well, guys, I got to tell you, he's not talking about being able to sprout wings and fly off the Grand Canyon. What Paul is talking about here is that because of Christ alive in me, I have the power to find contentment in any and all circumstances. I just need to look up and show up. And when I do, God will meet me there every time. One last thing I want to say about showing up when you're stuck. Uh, Sometimes the very place that you're stuck is the place that you can serve. Here's what I mean by that. Like, your situation might give you insight, a deeper understanding, a unique perspective, a very specific outlook that God can use to help, bless, or serve someone else. Is it possible that God wants to use this situation in your life to help someone else? Look again at the words of Paul in Colossians 4. He says, live wisely among those who are not believers. And check this out, make the most of every opportunity. What would it look like if we treated our problems as opportunities? Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And then he skips that a little bit. He says, and say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord God gave you. Make the most of every opportunity. Use your words to be gracious and helpful. And when this letter was being read out to the church in Colossus, I'm sure Archippus, when he heard his name, was like, huh, what? They're talking about me. What's going on? Well, here's the deal. I don't know who he is, okay? But I do know that we all have something in common with our friend Archippus here. God has given each of us a part to play in his kingdom. And I truly believe that serving from the very place you're in today will not only be a blessing to you, but it just might be the difference maker in someone else's life. So let me challenge you by saying that the place you're stuck in is where you can serve. So to get up when you're stuck, you're going to look up. We're going to show up. And then we're going to change it up. In the most basic sense, uh, this feeling of being stuck often either stems from or results in some rote, repetitive patterns and behaviors, right? Like we get into the same arguments with our partner. We follow the same routines day after day. 
We eat the same foods, drive the same roads, go to the same places, talk to the same people, watch the same shows or movies, listen to the same music, go to sleep in the same bed, and then wake up the next morning and start the whole thing all over again. And we feel stuck. We're trapped in this boring rut, wondering how things are ever going to change. And they never will unless you change it up. Do something different. Uh, It doesn't have to be something big. Um, In fact, uh, small, simple first steps are usually the best way to start. Uh, And I know, you're hearing this and it kind of sounds too easy almost, but I got to tell you, it really works, all right? Talk to any counselor, psychiatrist, therapist, pastor, trainer, life coach, health guru, and they will all agree, probably only on this one thing. uh, And that is, if you want to stop feeling stuck, do something different. Change it up. I found this great quote as I was researching for the message from a a nurse and life coach named Lita Asmar. And she says it like this. Over the years, I've learned that one of the simplest ways to start wiggling yourself out of the stuck place is by doing one thing differently. When you switch up your approach, you'll start seeing the situation from a new angle, which then opens you to more possibilities, enhancing your creativity and problem-solving skills. Friends, you got to change it up. Do something you've never done before. Or do something that you love but haven't done in a while. Do something that scares you. Or, maybe for you, to change it up might mean to stop doing something. Turn off the phone. Turn off the TV. Less time on social media. Don't engage when that person tries to start that same fight with you again. But you've got to do something different. Nothing in your life is going to change unless you do something to change it. You are not going to get unstuck by standing still. It requires purposeful, intentional action. We're all familiar with the definition of insanity, right? We're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Okay? Well, in case the word insanity isn't hint enough, let me tell you, it doesn't work. All right? Nothing will change unless you do something to change it. And I don't know your exact situation today, so I can't tell you what to change. But I can tell you three areas of your life that you have control over where you can start to make changes immediately today. Uh, And I don't have a lot of time to unpack all these, so I'm just going to kind of hit them real quick. Uh, This is not in your notes. Feel free to write it in there if you want. Uh, But the first one is this, your health. Okay, Uh, maybe take the stairs instead of the elevator today. Park further away from work or the store or church, wink, wink, nod, nod, when you come uh, to get some extra steps in, okay? Uh, Get the salad with the light dressing instead of the fries. (gasps) Heresy, oh my gosh, not the fries. Yes, the fries. Uh, You can change your influences, okay? What kind of noise and input is going into your heart and mind? Consider changing what kind of music you listen to or what shows or movies you watch. For me, I have realized I cannot watch the news. I just get too upset. I can't do it, all right? Uh, But change what kind of influences you're putting in, and you may start to notice a change in what's coming out. Uh, and And another thing we can change is our attitude. Even small changes to our attitude can make the world of difference to ourselves and for those around us. 
I want you to look at this verse from Proverbs 17. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You've all been around a person with a cheerful heart. You leave like, it's almost like a breath of fresh air, right? But a person with a bad attitude is going to drain the energy from everyone around them, including themselves. Another way to get up from being stuck is you got to call for backup. Call for backup. When you are stuck, do not go through it alone. Get help. I know we say it a lot around here, but it is true. The only thing worse than going through a terrible situation is going through it alone. Just don't do it. Friends, God created us to be in community with each other. We need each other. As early as creation itself, look with me at Genesis 2 on the screens. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I sound like Jerry Seinfeld right there. I'm not sure what that was about. Sorry. What's up with that? Uh, Friends, right out of the gate, God acknowledges that isolation is not good for humankind. We were created to be in community. Maybe one of the reasons you're stuck is because you've been trying to navigate whatever situation you're in all on your own. And if that's you today, I want you to know that fighting alone, it doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you more independent. All it makes you is alone and tired. Because it's just not the way things are supposed to be. In Galatians 6, we're reminded to be obedient to Christ by sharing each other's burdens. We can draw strength from one another and maybe benefit from the experiences of someone else. In Proverbs 27, 27 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Because when we do life together, we make each other better. You know what that sounds like? A life group. That sounds awfully familiar. Gosh, didn't Karen, our connections pastor, just talk about that a few minutes ago? Well, I'm going to mention it one more time. Uh, If you're not already in a life group, what are you waiting for? I hope you're planning to be here next weekend for our life group fair. Uh, We want to help you get connected with a group of people that are going to do life with you, to share your burdens, to be good iron for you, and to do what we read in Hebrews 10, which is to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. To let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but to encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We are hardwired for that closeness, friends. Community is as crucial to the soul as oxygen to our lungs. And that is true in the best times of our lives, but it is especially true when we are in crisis. And if you're here today and you're struggling with the loss of a loved one or or battling grief and sadness, I want you to know about our grief share group, which is designed just for you. Um, They're going to be meeting here at church on Thursday night starting in just a couple of weeks. And if you're interested in learning more about that group, can I just ask you to write the word grief share on your communication card? Uh, You can also pick up a flyer at the Welcome Center in the lobby. Um, And we will get some more information out to you this week. But we want to make sure you're here for that if, if you need it. Okay. So when you're stuck, 
We're going to look up. We're going to change it up. We're going to call for backup. And we're going to show up too. Uh, but there's one more, okay? Friends, the last way to get up when you're stuck is to rise up. You have to rise up above whatever situation you may be stuck in. You have to fight to keep your good character. When you're stuck, sometimes it just feels like, who cares? I mean, if I scrape a little bit off the top at work, who's going to notice? I need it more than they do. And if they fire me, so what? I hate it here anyway. Good riddance. Or how about my needs aren't getting met in my marriage, so I'll just get what I want from somebody else. Nobody needs to know. Or maybe just one more drink. That'll help to take the pain away. I can hide it. They'll never know. Sometimes being stuck in difficult situations brings out the worst in us. We're more susceptible to temptation in those moments than we would be under normal circumstances. And sometimes we can even talk ourselves into believing that fudging that number or telling that lie or making that selfish decision is justifiable because of the situation we're in. I want you to look at me with James, at James 1 where we read this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There is a heavenly reward waiting for those who keep their character in the face of difficult trials. We cannot allow our circumstances to dictate our character. Do not let your issues influence your integrity. Do not let being stuck mandate your morality. Because in addition to a heavenly blessing, Galatians 9 uh, challenges us by saying, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Friends, do not abandon your scruples in the struggle because God is waiting to bless you at just the right time if you hold on. When life hits and we're stuck, by the grace of God and by the strength that he gives us through Jesus Christ, we can get back and the time that we've spent waiting is not wasted because he's using it to do something beautiful in us. Because when this trial is over, and someday it will be over, when all is said and done and the smoke is cleared and the dust has settled, he's going to make you something brand new, like we're told in 2 Corinthians 5. Regardless of where we may find ourselves stuck today, because of Christ alive in you, you can live like you've been changed. Because you have, and you will be. Let's pray together. Father, many of us here today feel stuck. And right now, God, we are looking up to you. We recognize our need for you. We ask that you would give us your strength so that we can continue to show up in our lives, even when it's really hard. Would you guide and direct us, Lord, 
Surround us with other people who will be your hands and feet and will share our burdens. And use us to be that person for somebody else. God, speak your word of life into our lives today. Help us to see you in whatever situation we're stuck in. May we breathe you in and would you keep our hope alive, Father. We pray these things in your name. Amen.